Welcome to the RPG Design Panelcast, presenting the very best recorded panels and seminars related to game design and publishing. This panel has been made possible thanks to the kind contributions of the panel speakers and presenters at Metatopia 2019. Episode 255, Publish Your Own Games, Ask Me How, presented by Miguel Baker and Jason Petr. loudly? <laughs> I'm saying I have radio voice. I'm saying I was a herald in the SCA and I cannot shout You can. I can or can't? You, you can. Okay, good. But I can hold my own. Yes, of course. That's all. We should have like a sing-off. Oh, oh, oh. So you win. And then a dance-off. Oh, no. I also win that. Um, okay. I have a are, you, are you staying? I totally could. Um, I didn't Who else in the room has published a game? On our own, or had published things? Either. Does itch.io count? Maybe. Do you think it counts? Do you feel like you published a game? Who has published a game in any format out there where people can get it? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. Who has published a game out there where people pay money to get it? <laughs> okay, and who has published a game that is a hard copy that you take to conventions and things like that? Okay, cool. So there's lots of possibilities, um, and there's a couple bits from <coughs> the prior uh, um, conversation that I want to underscore. Can everybody hear me okay? Yep. I'm sitting a lot. I'm going to stand up for a bit, and then I'll sit down again. All right, I'm McGay Baker, and I publish tabletop role-playing games. I've been doing it since about... Uh, 2000-ish, um, uh, and um, we have never been in debt for it. You know, this is huge. If you are if you're interested in publishing games, you do it in a way that sustains that. Don't go in debt for that. You don't have to. Figure out in your first game, like your your first work, what can you afford. And I'm talking hard copy here because publishing PDFs is fantastic, and definitely do that. It's a great way to get your to build your community, build your brand, get your ideas and stuff out there, and get a little bit of revenue coming back in. But if you're looking to be like in a hard copy, that's something, and go to conventions or have in people's hands, figure out what you need to do that. Um, and we'll, I'll walk you through that shortly. Um, but there's a couple points from the last panel that I wanted to uh, get to. We ran out of time a little bit. so. Um, and uh, Jason mentioned that. Do you want to just say that about yeah, the game design? Um, you know, the I'll also introduce myself because I can. Uh, my name is Jason Pitt, Genesis of Legend Publishing, and I've been doing for less than less time than Meg. Uh, I've won fewer awards and I'm less renowned and awesome. I don't um, know about that last part. Uh, I do. Um, anyways, so... Um, I also run the RPG Design Panelcast with all of these recorded, which is a very useful resource for people to grab. There's cards up front where you can find the address. Uh, so, 
what I was discussing there was in terms of ways that we can be getting revenue into the industry. Into your hands. Into, into your hands. Into the industry is good, but into your, so that you can have the means of your production in your own hands. That's um, important. We, where is the money? The money is in the hands of individual consumers, in the hands of distributors who are selling it to stores for individual consumers, and in the hands of corporations who need services. There are, there is a lot of potential for games that will serve needs for the big Fortune 500 companies and smaller enterprises that, or like a regional hospital needs to teach their nurses how to um, properly identify what a woman's heart attack looks like. So they need to have training on how to do this. Guess what? We probably have a couple people who'd be capable of designing a role-playing game about a woman who comes into a hospital uh, feeling nauseous and uh, guess what? It's actually a heart attack. I'm going to um, push back a little. Oh, yes, please. Hard on that. Please. Um, game design, yes. There's definitely game design possibility there, but we are not medical professionals unless you are Sorry, one. Sorry, some of them are. Hold on. <laughs> That's fine. Yeah. But um, games can be used for education. Games can be used for mental health care. Games can be used for uh, teaching tools. Yep for any kind of job you've ever had where you role play what's the appropriate thing to do in this situation. It is important to me, uh, you know, in many, many ways that I don't want to get into now because of time, that we do not make the mistake of thinking that being a game designer Basically gives everything. us those things. However, those skills are available and they are ones you can market, not only to hospitals, etc. recognizing that you are not in charge of the medical piece. And we'll get, there's a whole other piece there. But also um, nonprofits, libraries, museums, historical sites, science centers that are really interested in games and game design, especially for education and conveying information. Um, there's a huge overlap of, and this is like a whole different design thing, which is a different conversation than how do you publish the, your game, um, about uh, how you design a game and being careful that you're designing for what you intend to design for. And this is where medical games, et cetera, are very problematic in ways yes. because you could make a game out of something, but the, the thing that the person is learning is different than the learning goal. And if you are in a healthcare situation that is incredibly critical, I was an EMT, there are lots of games in medical care that are teaching exercises. They are teaching exercises and someone's life could be on the line. So I would say yes, but tread really yeah. expletive carefully. Okay. All right. There's a lot lower stakes in educational games. Yes, if you mess up someone's understanding of the order of the presidency of the United States, no one's gonna die, usually. Um, <laughs> lots of different skill sets. There, uh, definitely keep your day job. Uh, people, like, it looks like people have overnight success. I'm like, oh my God. They just arrived and they're this amazing game designer. You know, success looks like 10 years, overnight success is 15. Mm -hmm. You know, this is a work, this is a thing you do. Um, 
and you do it over and over and over and you iterate on your design and you iterate on your publishing. Like, what if we do this thing? What if we do that thing? What works? Um, so figuring out what you want to do with that skill set you have that's not just publishing. There's also a ton of other things. Sometimes you realize that self-marketing is not your thing and you need someone else to publish your work. Or you realize that, like, I just really love games and I want to kind of fiddle around with me, game design as a hobby, but I'm not, I don't really want to do it. And it's a little bit like realizing that, oh, hey, I love playing an instrument, but I don't want to be in a professional orchestra. That's awesome. Or it's like realizing any of the other things, whether you think of like an a, a orchestra or a theater or something, all the roles are necessary for that to happen. You need the conductor, you need the, the people who print the music, you need the people who make the instruments, you need the players of the instruments, you need the audience, you need everybody. You, so if you want to do game design, awesome, do it. But one of the things I feel is important to convey also is that there's nothing wrong with just liking to mess around with game design. Sometimes it feels like there can be a, like, I just want to be in with the game designers. No, we're all here, we're all in the same room. So, and there, the, the time is always right for your game. You know, if you just thought of it today, or if you've been working on it for 20 years, or if it's not something that you're gonna get to for another 30 years, it's all good. Is there anyone in this room feeling imposter syndrome or feels that they aren't a designer? I love that. By the power bequeathed yeah. on me, you are now all officially game designers. <laughs> I, <coughs> I literally brought to Big Bad Con licenses. Yeah. <laughs> I gave people a license, like certified game design license. It was great. Um, role playing is something we do uh, innately as children from the time we're born. We can't not. It's how we interpret the world, how we figure things out. So there's that. Um, I think that's all those notes bits. Oh good, and we've only spoken for 12 minutes so far. All right, so how do you publish a game? Okay, so I really almost wish I could just pull up a thread where I talked about this <laughs> recently with someone I'm working with. Um, <coughs> because uh, the first thing you do is you have to have a complete game. Have a complete game. If it's on itch, it can be like, I think this works. Is this feedback okay or is that? Um, yeah, let's just turn off the mics. Yeah, okay. Well, or like have one mic on okay. kind of thing. That, that's, that's, yeah. that sounds better. Okay. Um, yeah, things on itch where you're like, I'm trying it out an idea. That's cool. Do that. Things on itch where this is a totally finished game and it's beautiful and done, also good. Um, but if you're looking to publish a game, and I'm gonna talk right now specifically about a physical, a physical format, right? Because this, I feel, is one of the things that has the most barriers to it for people who've never done it. Um, a PDF of here's how to use the rules, or even a print-on-demand thing, uh, a PDF. So, <laughs> PDFs came into biz. What does PDF stand for? Portable document. Portable, Portable document. document. File. Thank you. Format. 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 File. Whatever. It's a digital. It's a digital thing. Thank you for that. I apologize. Print on demand. 
is a way where I can, like, PDFs, when they came into existence, do you remember when they came into, are you still uh, They were, so, uh, they're, prior to PDFs, we were actually kicking around, like, text files and Word files from, like, Ron. It was freaking amazing. Okay, so uh, for those of you who are over 40, you saw this happen, like PDFs and suddenly like, oh my God, I can share information in a way, whatever. The point is, if it's digital, it's, you can change it real quickly. Um, you can say, oh hey, I, I found a typo, here's the new file, download it. But if we're looking at a physical object, and I'm gonna talk specifically about books, I have a little bit of um, board game experience, but not a lot. Um, but uh, many things also apply. The first thing you need is a finished product. A finished game. We're yes, not at product yes, thank yet. You. Thank you. A finished game. And that means that, uh, that means the text is complete. That means it is playable and you know what you're doing. And I'm not just talking about it in your head. It means you have a, a, you have a finished text that includes what the players do um, if there's a GM, what the GM's role is, what the resolution mechanics are, and oh my god, please, what is the point of the game? What are you trying to do? Um, so, could I, I want like three people, raise your hand and tell me what, in your game, like it's real short, like, what do you do? What's the, what's the goal of your game? Hashtag take off the mask. Okay, but it, it, that sounds like a name. What is the goal of your game? Uh, I mean, it's, it's about um, unmasking and coming out of the closet. Awesome. Become the president. Become the president. <laughs> yes! Good one. Become the president. That's the goal of their game. Get the highest score on the dice. Highest score on the dice. Collect more potions. Collect more. Collect four potions. Collect four potions. Build a casino. Build a casino. Solve climate change. Solve climate change. Defend your convent from the forces of the devil. Def <laughs> <laughs> Defend your convent from the forces of the devil. I love it. Don't those sound fun? Like that's the goal of your game. Have it in your game text. Um, what's the goal of your game? How, what, what do your players do? Um, how do the pieces move if they're moved? If there's dice or pieces on a board, how do your players navigate the space of the game? So have all that done. Um, <coughs> then you prototype. And for, uh, for a, a book like this, um, that's gonna be a book in print, that means that you want to have um, like any character sheets done so that you can take them to conventions and play. You want playtesting done. <coughs> if you're doing board game design, you want to you're really Iterate your prototypes. Try a bunch of different things. Figure out how the like what materials work best for your game in terms of, you know, is it cardboard? Is it plastic? Is it wood? Figure that out. They have a different tactile imprint on the pr people handling that that makes them interact with your game differently. It's weird, but it's true. There's a fabulous board game out there in which you play dragons blown around by the wind. It's Pseudo. Is that the one? Pseudo. That, the, the one that has like little cardboard dragons? Yep. Why did no one tell them? Like the game is great, but it has these pieces that it's just like a little flimsy. The game, the art is beautiful. The gameplay is beautiful. The, huh, I'm so <laughs> sad. I want, it's like, ooh, that, 
you know? So iterate on your, your, your pieces. Think about your board game shape, what size, all those things. Get all those places so you can really test that as you want it tested. And that, color, 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 yeah. Um, if color you, if you, this part is like, what's your vision? You know, because the corollary in game design is also, is it in color or not? Like, that's a good question. And part of it is, when you envision your game on the table, whether it's a book or a, a card game or a board game, when you envision it on the table, and that's like, that's what I want to do. You want to get as close to that as you can in your prototyping. Uh, notes. My priority one when prototyping is. I'm all good with that. It's no. Okay. It's echoing. That's, that's, why, that's what we should have done before. Yeah. Just uh, be loud. That's fair. I can be loud. Good. <laughs> uh, so, uh, my primary concern is when I am designing the game, which is what we're talking about in this window. And we'll keep it short because we got to get to the producer. Spend as little as possible. Yeah. When you're publishing, that's when you're paying people a reasonable amount of money. That's the draw, dividing line. There is some expenses in the design side, but you want to make your early prototyping, etc., as affordable as possible until you're done, and then you buy art. Do layout, hire a whole bunch of professionals to do various things if Sometimes. you need to, or barter, or do or it yourself. Or just do it yourself. But like, if you're going to spend money, do it later, not earlier. I go through a lot of ink. We go through a lot of ink printing out, actually, because when we're, we're designing, um, you know, we, we design it, and we want to print out the page, and be like, how does it actually look? How does it actually look? You know, and how does it actually feel? And you'll catch things in reading a printed page that you won't catch in a digital format. It's just true. You do need an actual proof copy. And you do need to do um, copy editing as you go. Do not think that you can, like, here is my finished tone. Please edit it. That's, that's BS. Here's some notes. Can you give it a quick read? And uh, Cool. And back and forth 20 times. Or more. <laughs> anyway, so um, have a complete game. Figure that out. Uh, so if color is your vision, I'm going to, uh, again, <laughs> make it in color. It can be Sharpie. I'm just asking, what the, what the, the people that play board games, they like color that are more attractive? Um, though, I don't know. It depends on what, like, that's fine. New is great. I freaking love that. And I really want to yep. play about become the president. I want to hear more. Um, Visual, des visual design and graphic design is a thing you can hire people for if you're not feeling confident. But I would say, uh, just like with a book, go and look at, where, look at the game store. Where do you want your game to sit? And if you feel like it should sit with you know, card games in nice little packages, and it's like, oh, that's where that sits, you, you can use that as a guide for what your publishing goal might be. If, if it should sit with this book, it might look like this. If it should sit with the, you know, Dungeons and Dragons and it should be a glossy hardcover, rethink your life choices. <laughs> <laughs> I love D&D, but also I've, you know, people who've lost their house because they thought that they needed to print their first game as a big glossy hardback cover heartbreaker we called them in, in 2000 because it, it, it heartbreaking someone who poured their love and life 
into this and then lost everything because they didn't go through a process of, of um, publishing. Part of publishing is also building your audience. Play your games all the time. Tell everybody about them. Don't shut up about them. You will find, figure out, like, this is what's cool about my game. And then you'll find those like four or five other people who are like, oh, that's really cool. That's your baby audience. And then you can play and you know, take, go to the library. You want to find your, um, your local uh, teen librarian or children's librarian? Come in and offer to do programs for them. Summer reading clubs is amazing. A place where you, where, where you can get your game in front of an audience who's kind of a captive audience but who are very enthusiastic about games. Um, see if there's a local, uh, local comic book store or game night store that would be interested in having you come and run a new game. Probably they will because you're there providing content for their uh, customers and you're building your audience, which is part of your job as an independent publisher. If you are not, I see it, and I'll get it to one second. Um, if you are not interested in doing self-promotion and getting out there and trying to be like figuring things out, you need to either find a partner, a design partner that you can work really well with who can do these things, or consider how else you might to get your, your things out there. Maybe it's just as a digital format on itch and things like that. But if you want to do a hard copy thing, have to be able to find a way to get yourself out there, get it in front of people. Then, um, I'll take your question and then I'll go to the next bit. It wasn't so much a question, but if you're not familiar with it, join meetup.com. It is full of board game and RPG game meetups. And if you contact the person running that meetup, say, hey, can I, I came up with a game, can I come play Desert Rifle Group? 99% of the time, absolutely, yeah. we'll set you up for a night. Yeah, meetup.com can be a good avenue. Um, local bookstores, even big box stores like Barnes & Noble might be interested in doing a game night. You know, definitely every, every place where people might gather is an option. If there's um, a local convention, <laughs> Yeah, show up to your local convention. Are great. Offer to run your game at a local convention. <laughs> it's a great idea. So, um, once you have a finished game, then you need to lay it out in an actual layout software. If this is not something you're good at or know or are willing to do the uh, skill acquisition learning curve to get to the point where you can do game design layout, find people who can. Because you must, in order to make this, you must produce a file that is laid out that will print into this. If you just have your, your book in a Google Doc, and the Google Doc is 200 pages long, that's great, but that is not a print-ready prototyping piece. What software? That's a great question. Um, I use InDesign. Um, and I don't have in front of me because my world is just, it's been a lot. There is great free software out there. Do you Scribus. know? Uh, so, Scribus. You know, so, okay. Um, I also do layout on. Or hire people. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, InDesign is really great <laughs> if you already have it for free out of some student deal. <laughs> It's expensive. It not. is expensive and it's a monthly ongoing cost. Yeah. Now, yeah. Scribus is free. Yes. How do you spell that? Scribe US, right? S S C R I B U S. You get what you're paying for with that one, unfortunately. Yeah. It, it, now, 
It is a, if you've never done the, layout though, it is a tool to begin. There is another tool Ooh. that's new. Ooh, can you write um, it on the board? Yeah, uh, so um, Affinity uh, Publisher is a new program that just came out. They do Affinity Publisher, Designer, and Photo. Publisher is InDesign Scribe's equivalent. Mm -hmm. And it is a one-time fee, Yay! like 60 bucks, layout program that is um, competitive or roughly equivalent to InDesign. That's beautiful. Like there's a feature or two that are missing, really but it's like 60 bucks one-time fee, as opposed to 50 bucks a month yeah. for the Adobe Creative Cloud. Yeah, so please, please go uh, write that Affinity up. Publisher. Please write that. That is, um, as someone who has literally done tutorials on using Scribus um, <laughs> and has published under in uh, InDesign, yeah, no, um, I strongly recommend start at least with Affinity Publisher, and then if you want to go into the uh, full Adobe ecosystem, then, or if you already have it for free from the student package, then keep run it, with InDesign. Keep it, yeah. InDesign is good, but. Yeah. F in A F I two Fs. For those listening to the panel cast, the link will be in the show notes. Woohoo! And is this is this is this for books and, and cards? And yeah. Um. Because yeah, anything that you want to lay out visually, yep. you want to lay out in a graphic design layout program. Um, there's a uh, make playing cards that uh, is actually good to give you uh, playing cards. More writing. Uh, yes, we don't have an eraser. I can solve that. Oh, yes, fantastic. Uh, First rule of game design. Sometimes you have to erase yeah, things. Sure <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, <laughs> So there's make playing cards. <laughs> Do you have a question while he's writing make playing cards? I'm just wondering, uh, what are some resources where we can find a layout design? Oh, where you can find someone who will do the work for you. That's a fantastic question. Um, the best way, honestly, word of mouth. Um, ask on your social media. Hey, I'm looking to hire... Yeah. And uh, honestly, asking here. Yeah. Um, uh, you can go over to Jim to yep. Jim likes games and if like flip through it and say front cover, layout layout by. Yeah. Then go to the Metatopia main page. Are they at this convention right now? <laughs> <laughs> if it's my game, we've done our own layout. Um, so that's that. Uh, trying to. Uh, I was going to say I feel that layout design is far more important than any illustrations in, in most games I've seen. And I think my, like, I've been talking to Kat Tobin about our next book, and I'm like, I want to spend far more money on layout design yeah. than on illustrations, because if the layout's good, people will be able to easily play your game. Yeah. If there's no illustrations, for that. And my big example for that is Dialect. Yes. Which has the best it's layout the best. ever. It and has also has amazing art. There's so here's the thing about layout. That, not a ton of it. When you're looking at publishing, you need to be looking at a couple other things. One of those is, you are looking at a, 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 a user product, you're looking at a, a user interface. It must be legible. This means you need to think very mindfully about, thought cho about font choices. 
it must be uh, it flow the reader through the information you want them to see in a way that that it facilitates them using it effectively. Um, you're not writing a novel. You're writing a, a text. So okay, when you're writing fiction, you can write your your whole fiction, and then yay, they get to have their experience of it, and maybe they love it, maybe they hate it, maybe they think that the whale is not actually a literal whale. Um, when you're writing game design text or the rules, because if you're writing board, if you're doing board game design, you also have a, a booklet, even if it's just a, a one sheet of this is how you play the game, and that's the same thing as this. You know, how do you convey that information so it gives a repeatable effect and people are able to play the game? And if they if, if they have to search around and find missing pieces of the information, it's not well done. You have a question, and you have a question. Go ahead. I've heard that the seniors is one of the hard, one of the next generation of people playing board games is coming back. Mm -hmm. yep. So wouldn't the characters in these booklets have to be bigger? Just in case? Thank you. Yes. Make your font sizes bigger. <laughs> okay, I've worn glasses for three years, and there's books that I wrote before that, and I'm like, <laughs> yeah, what the hell? So yes, you do not need like the old like big yeah, book. Course that's like full of tiny, tiny words. Don't do that. Um, so a thing that I'd like to highlight, if you don't have a graphic design background, the non-designers design book from Robin Williams, not that Robin Williams, <laughs> uh, is the thing you just need to pick up. Because it gives you the real basics that um, if nothing else, it'll let you make random documents in a more attractive fashion. Which is nice. Um, it's a nice, simple, approachable 101 book that just everyone should have. Okay. Um, you have a question and then you in the blue? Go ahead. Yeah. Was, what's your, I'm sorry, what's your name? My name's Adam. Adam. Yeah. And uh, I'm at the point now where I put as much love as a non-designer can into the layout and uh, sketches of like kind of some of the art. Mm -hmm. Is there a finishing? Move that, that they're like with like connecting with a professional who's yes. and seen a million of these and can say, okay, here's where you're on yes. target, here's where you're not, but it's not like I'm paying for the full service because yep. I don't have the budget for. Yep, yep, yep. Sorry. Yep. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's it's sort of looking at a, a graphic design editor. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You can definitely do that. Um, and definitely find someone that you can know. Like, here's what I need from you. Because what you're telling me is that you are working on developing that skill set yourself and you just want someone to give you feedback. I'm just caring about everything it's as awesome. much as I possibly can. Yep. I've gotten to the point where now I haven't looked at as much stuff as you yep. all Yeah, You're all good. Uh, one 100%. thing to do is pick up any existing books that you like yep. and just how they did it. mimic it. Yeah, straight up. Just straight Hack up. Hack what you like to make what you love. Copy, 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 copy. But connecting with that like, expert you saying. Yes, <laughs> and then find the people who did it and say, <laughs> yeah. why did you do this? A graphic design editor. A uh, graphic designer is yep. going to be the layout, uh, the graphic designer or layout, uh, layout professional uh, will be the title that you'll hear. Yeah. We live very much in a do-it-yourself world. Yeah. And that's absolutely wonderful. The weakness is that maybe your book won't get edited, will end up being crap, or something like that. So always get to know everybody here. Be one of the number one things everybody needs for success is somebody that's going to tell them they're doing something wrong. Yes. Yep. 
Definitely. And Definitely. So, you, know, you don't take it personally. You go, wow, my gain was 80%. Now it's 99%. Yeah. And please that. know that most of you, like a lot of your design, a lot of my designs are crap. A lot of game, a lot of your oh game. God, yes. Yeah. Like design a lot of stuff. Um, everything you do helps make you better. Um, and it's like that. Those ideas you had, maybe they wind up on a shelf and you use them later. I, w I do want to get back to like how you wind up from an idea to an actual book, though. Um, yeah. Um, one. Yeah, sir. Uh, yeah, so design the game yourself. Do all that, and then if you're ready, I would, if my suggestion would be to, yeah, then go to a graphic artist and pay them a minimal amount, pay them 500 instead of 5,000. Okay. Um, and gonna, templates and stuff. There, there's ways to cut costs. So, yes. I do it myself. Um, and this is how I do it. You're right. Get editors. Do that. But if you're like, I don't have the money to do that yet, like, it's great, and yes, oh my god, and people who will say, I can't read your text because it's too muddy and I, I can't follow it, are really, really good. But, moving on with this, once you have a document that is formatted, print it out. You need to know what your page count is. You need to know, like, you need to figure out, like, what size is it going to be? Is it going to be this size, or is it going to be this size? And Book Baby is a, like you, someone you can contact to hand off your text and be like, can you do the layout? And you can hire them to do stuff. They're here. They seem cool. You can go talk to them. Um, but if you want to do it yourself, you need a complete text. You need it laid out. You need to get an, ac an accurate page count. You need to know if you're doing hardcover. Make the choices if you're doing hardcover or doing softcover. You need to know what you're doing in terms of um, internal art. Are you printing in color? Are you not printing in color? Then you need to find a, a way to print it. And a lot of that means figuring out who can print your game and what, um, like, uh, how many how, of the games you yeah, want to how print. How many you want of the games so that you can uh, get, like, is the, if you print 2,000 copies, is it going to tip over and suddenly be a lot cheaper for you? Because um, that happens. Um, and I'm literally looking, I just laid out this whole thing. I'm not going to be able to get to it, but I hope I am, but I'm not going to be. Um, um, so, so the uh, key differences in types of printing. I'll you talk, I'll search. One, print on demand. I will print one copy of the book. Drive Through RPG does this. Um, now, this is just on the RPG side uh, in books, and as opposed to board games. Board games have a much harder path on this end. But for books, you can just print on demand, drive through RPG will do it. It's not incredibly cheap per unit, but you can just do one. That's great. Jason, if that would be for like low volumes of printing, that's yes. good. That's yes. Good. Yeah, for sure. Like um, uh, when we when I was first when we were first printing things, we'd print like fifty. Because that's what we could afford to print. And that's a good amount for drive through. Well, so you can... Could uh, be, if you're just starting out. So <laughs> the next line up is digital printing, short run. Like, I'm going to print 200. Yeah. You can do that. And printers will do that for you. Then there's offset print run. Mm -hmm. Minimum of 1,000 units. Yeah. What does offset mean? So offset means that you're actually... Uh, 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 engraving plates that are uh, yeah, and you're putting in uh, here's the here's the black plate the magenta plate the yellow plate 
uh, and the cyan plate, and we're slapping them down. Uh, so it's the traditional printing method. Digital is effectively a souped-up office printer. Yeah. Um, so offset, you don't touch it until you're at a thousand units, until you're ready to print a thousand units yeah. or more. Uh, and it only really gets affordable at like 2,000. Yeah. Um, and the price drop can be amazing. Oh, the price drop is it's, amazing it's and it's a trap. It also looks better. <clears throat> yep. Be real careful about making the jump from POD and digital to offset because that's where you mortgage your house if you don't do it right. Can you give us an estimate of what cost? Uh, I just printed a hardcover 356 page book and uh, in offset, uh, 1,075 units, and it cost me about uh, $7,500 US. So, yeah. First run of Cards Against Humanity cost $21. The most recent runs cost $4. Yeah. So the yeah. volume change is, is huge. The volume change is real huge. Um, but I could have printed, so because I did hardcover, I couldn't realistically print it cheaply. Um, in a print-on-demand format, and I had enough demand that I was comfortable taking the risk. But if you're just starting, don't, don't drop do $8,000 on an offset print run if you've got 20 pre-sales. Find your That's friendly, not... local, independent print shop. Yep. The, I mean, I we print our games almost exclusively at a worker-owned collective collected copies in, in Amherst, Massachusetts. They're wonderful. Um, and they do really great work for us. If you have people you can go talk to about, here's what I'm looking for, um, then they can help you. Like, oh, well, what do you think about a blue end paper in this? That seems really cool. Or like, you know, you do a lot of volume with us. Why don't we run this um, book that has occasional color? We're just gonna run the whole thing on the color printer and charge you for only the color pages, or whatever, or like different things, tons of different things. Your local, your local people have, especially your independently owned local people, have a lot more flexibility than if you're going with a big other place, especially for smaller print runs, where you're like, I need a hundred copies, it's my very first game, I want to print a hundred copies. Um, yay. So, Start with uh, perfect bound, black and white interior books. Perfect bound, definitely perfect bound. Saddle staples are fine. Per you want a, a perfect bound is good. It will stand up. Is that a term of industry? Yes, yeah, yes. That means that, that, that is means the standard soft cover book. That it has the square, you know, perfect bound edge. And there's a spine. Yep. You can read a spine. You can print a thing. You can't. A, a perfect bound can many. Print places can only do perfect bound down to a certain width, so you need a page count that will fit that that they can print anything on, or that they can even do that. Um, for uh, game design or for, for game booklets in a uh, tabletop board game, you may just need something that's stapled, yeah. or you may just something that's beautifully printed on both sides. So different different issues, but you figure out get you you need to know the cost per unit. How much is it going to cost you to make this object? And then you need to know where the cost breakdown is. This is where you need to find your local printers and talk to them. 
or, or have a good email back and forth with them if you're using something like you know, some, other, some other organization um, to figure out what size is it, what does, what's the cost per unit, where are the uh, point breaks, like, oh, if I print 500, it's going to cost me a, like $2 less per. Yay! You know, because it's easy to get into. I can I can afford to print forty copies, and then I go to a convention and I sell twenty three, and now I have I'm I'm low enough on stock that I worry about running out, but I don't have enough money to do another print run, and that can be a really hard wheel. It's okay to work that wheel. You know, I we did that. You know, it's okay to slowly okay. We got to do a print run of two hundred, and that can feel like a huge stretch. And that's okay. And then you're like, oh, let's, we're gonna do our first offset print run. And that was a huge stretch when we did it, but now it's like, oh yeah, no big deal. $2.50 a, $2 a thing, go do it. Your question? Do you finalize your pull factor before you decide here's how many units I'm gonna pursue? Heck yes. Okay. Yeah, you wanna know, am I printing something that is this size? or this size, or this <coughs> size, so that I can talk to my printers, because some things are easy, and some things are complex, and we'll do, like, oh, for this, that's falling off a truck easy. That's eight and a half by 11 per pound, done. This needs cuts that are special. Um, you know, this has little folios in it, and, and, like all kinds of different things. So you need to know what you want it to look like and what it's gonna cost to do that. And either you commit to that, or you adjust, like, oh, if, I, if I'm willing to adjust a bit, it's gonna give me a different price. And do you try to get a very good sense before you make that decision of like what market you might have? Start working, you're, look, you right now are starting your marketing now. You know, talk to people about your games now, here, today. <coughs> to get, like, you're building that market, that baby market of like people who are like, I wanna know more about that game, that sounds cool. Um, and then, If you can afford to, if you can afford, and that's a really big question, like print as many as you can reasonably afford for your first game, I'd say if you want it, like get 100 copies. And that gives you enough to take to conventions and enough to see without like having to store them for a billion years or, or look at them sadly in your basement because you didn't do, you didn't, it didn't find its market. Um, so yeah. um, one thing, this industry, functionally runs on Kickstarter. <laughs> and Patreon. Right. Um, but the, the key advantage of and something itch. like that um, is to get it is to get a realistic sense of how many orders you think you're going to be able to get. Um, because if you run a crowdfunding campaign, for instance, and you have 150 copies pre-sold, how many copies are you going to print? Meg, how many copies are you going to print if you've got 150 copies pre-sold? 500. Why did you say that instead of going for an offset of 2,000? It depends on what book. I don't know. Because what book? you've got, you've when clearly got market it? demand of 150 copies. I've got clear market demand of 150 copies. Well, How much does it cost me per, per book? Well, it's going to cost you... Um, Six bucks a book because you're only doing five hundred, but it's going to cost you four dollars a book if you do two thousand. <laughs> yeah, okay. 
See how that's I did that? the thought process you have to engage with. Yes. Okay, but here's another thing about printing and volume. Yep. And um, for traditional for a traditional book marketing, right? Like if you're printing a novel, okay. And some people in the room may know better than me on this, and so please correct me if I get it wrong. But this is my understanding and our experience in um, game design that you do a thing where you do some lead-up advertising, and then you have a spike, and then it goes like that in terms of your tail of your you're publishing a thing that's like. Oh hey, it came out. Everybody bought it, and then nobody—that's that's how that goes. That's how I understand most mass market books go, academic and fiction, et cetera, et cetera. You're gonna—you maybe hopefully get some of that. Like if a Kickstarter spike happens, or like you win five game design awards, five times. Just giving you a brief down there. I'm four. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, but <coughs> what you're looking for. And this is part of why you want to maybe do an offset run. Yep. You're looking for something that's an initial spike of that's your fan base. And then maybe you do a big convention. And then maybe you do a, like a, something else. You see the difference? Long tail. Long tail. Thank you, yes. You want a long tail. You also, also want, eventually, lots of titles. Um, and the other thing there is, you see that spike? This one or which if, one? If this is 150 copies, you're printing 500. Yeah. If this is 700 copies, you're printing a heck of a lot more. Yes. If that's 1,000 copies. Use this spike to tell you a rough guideline on scale and yep. scope. Yeah. Someone had a question or comment? Yeah. So, um, in the IGDN panel this morning, they were talking about a metric of your cost times unit cost times six equals MSRP. Is that a good ballpark for all of us? The here? bare minimum is times four. The yeah. sensible minimum is times five, and a, a reasonable like you're being good, decent business is times six. Yeah. Can, you the, can you repeat that question? Uh, so if, so if it costs yeah. you eight bucks, if it costs you five dollars to make a book, right? That's your production cost, um, and you're selling that book for twenty bucks. That's, that's the bare minimum. Minimal margins. Yeah. It should be thirty. Yeah. Um, <coughs> there is, but also, and this is where I get into trouble. There is also room for your heart to be in the a place of I want this more accessible. You know, I have games out now like Cyrun. Um, which is, it's 20 bucks, and it really should be a $30 game, but I'm, no, damn it. I want anybody who can to get that. I really like the model that um, Avery Alder does, which has the like lower price tier. Price break. Yeah. Uh, which mm -hmm. is interesting. Yes, absolutely. Like one of the things that we're looking for as game designers, I am looking for, and I hope y'all are looking for it too, is more people to play our games. And um, part of that means accessibility, and part of that means uh, free community copies of your PDFs. Yep. Part of that means uh, price break things. And like, if you're if you're low income and you want to get my game at a discount, great. Also, if you have some to spare and you're going to put extra in the tip jar thing of like, my game's twenty five bucks, but hey, you just sent me fifty, like you know, five dollars yeah. more. I'm going to use that to offset free copies. Yeah. Yeah, the, uh, the, there's a way built into itch uh, so that if you're selling your game there, um, you can set it up so that every time someone buys a game, it like, generates a community yep. copy that someone can get for, get for free. free. It's really awesome. 
Um, that's a question not related to this. Yeah, go. Um, because we have two minutes left, uh, do you guys, do you folks have any advice on when you're not doing this yourself? How do you approach publishers to be like, hey, I have this sexy, sexy thing? Um, it sounds like you have a personal example here. No, no, no. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. Oh, I see what you did there. <laughs> um, like, how do you approach publishers well to be like, I have a thing. Can you speak to that? Because I have, I have only published my own. Right, right. Um, the, if someone else is doing part of this work, um, they're getting part of this money. Yeah. And theoretically, they're paying for, the, for any services that are required. This means that the fraction of the money that they're getting has to be paying off the cost they're incurring. Um, if you if it's too expensive for you to do it, you better they better have confidence that you're able to produce it uh, and get enough money off of it that it's not too expensive for them to do it. Um, some of the a lot of these companies have in-house talent, right. and that makes it far more affordable. Guess what? I do layout and art direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That means that for me, I heavily subsidize. <laughs> okay, so I just wrote the words fulfillment and shipping on the top of the whiteboard and it fell down. Yeah. So this is part of. From this. the maker of Apocalypse World. Oh, God. Can we talk about the King is Dead instead? Oh, oh, yes. So, uh, yeah. It, I'll do it. I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay, cool. So, um,. In your publishing world, thank you. I mean, in your publishing world, you also have to think about um, the cost per unit to make the book and pay anybody who has worked on the book does not cover the necessary cost of getting the book to the customer. So if you're going to store your book in your house, in boxes stacked up in your hall, which you can do for years, I've done it. Um, it makes great furniture. Uh, uh, cats like it. Um, and then you're going to get really friendly with your local postal worker because you're going to bring boxes, you know, like bags full of your book that you've put the hand addressed on, like envelope on, to the post. You can do that. You should do that. It, you can do that. That way you keep all the money. You can also hire other people to warehouse your book, do fulfillment for you, do the shipping for you. All of that cost comes out of that, that little pool and that can drive your costs up for your customer. But when you're thinking about the size of your book, that may be a consideration. I can ship this book in an envelope this big, which costs me X dollars. My most recent this project big, is uh, 356 pages hardcover. It's two pounds each. It costs me a little bit more money to ship than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, what if you are gonna publish yourself like I don't know anything about LLCs or any like There are a whole bunch of panels specifically about What's your all question? of this stuff. You have a question there. Do you need to incorporate? Do you need to be a legal company? Yeah. Is that your question? Okay. Um, it, is this question also connected to, um, is my work copyrighted to me? And it, I, okay, good. Yes. Okay. All those are really good questions. Um, there, is, there is a tipping point when you should incorporate. I have not reached that yet. Yeah, I've been doing this for 20 years. We have not yet reached that place. Um, there is a lot of licensure and paperwork and things. Look into it. It is good to know. Even if you don't take that step now, really good to know. And you may decide for your world that it makes sense to do sooner. Um, so uh, just one more thing on shipping and fulfillment and then we'll take that one question. Um, so a note. 
shipping is the devil. Oh my God. <laughs> uh, and, and it keeps and going manual up. Manu- manufacturing. We'll get to that immediately oh. afterwards. Um, so, sh- in, so, I'm in Canada. Oh, God. I'm sorry. Wait till we try to ship to, so, like, oh, geez. I work in logistics. I know exactly. Uh, so, I, if I try to send Meg a copy of my game. Can I buy your book? Here's money. Yes. So, oh, I'm going to go to my local post office. That will be $15. Yeah. So, I'm going to wind up having and And the only reasonable thing for the publisher to do is at least split that cost with the customer, but that makes the cost to the customer go up. Um, and that's if you're, if you're being really freaking kind and generous to your customer. Most people just turn it on to the customer. Uh, what I, I, want, I have watched this change yep. in the past 15 years from being able to ship anywhere. You know, Apocalypse World, we shipped everywhere, all over the world. We'll just take it to the store. And it was like five bucks to ship it to anywhere in the EU. And seven dollars to Australia, and like two bucks to Canada and Mexico. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. Now, there, our international shipping has like really zeroed out to the point because it's really expensive. To the point where we are in a place that we are able occasionally to work contractually with people in other countries to say, here is our here is our PDF. It, it will look exactly the same. Go. Print it there and do fulfillment for us. Um, you have two questions. So, um, you know how it's fifteen bucks? I manually imported four hundred books into the states. I shipped them. via medium mail. Yep. Yep. It cost me three bucks fifty. Yep. Yeah, it's it's a struggle. You have a question? Um, medium mail. Uh, yeah. We had a Kickstarter and. We are not in fulfillment. Uh, we have that problem. Yes. Printing in Mexico is well, really cheap. Yeah. Yep. But sending, for example, here, it's about, uh, oh, the hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a lot. What I would suggest is that you see if you can find, like, I would talk to Jim, frankly, the, from um, Jim Likes Games. He's downstairs and um, Indie Press Revolution, I would see if there was a way that they might be willing to do U.S. distribution for you. Because um, no, that, that might be a way that you could be like, here is one big box instead of a bunch of little, maybe. And I'll talk with you afterwards because. Yeah, get with him. There might be some solutions. There's a NAFTA thing. Yeah, there's a uh, NAFTA Oh, God. Sorry, there was a comment. Yeah, well, I was just going to say to the person and everybody who's considering going into business, Go into business, don't fear all those little details that you're going to have to work out. And you can always change your structure later when you need to. But generally speaking, people say don't go into a partnership because somebody else might end up causing you to lose your house or something. Yeah, I mean, there is a real big thing there with like figuring out, it's hard enough to have a design partner. I mean, romantic partners is one thing, uh, business partners is another thing. Design partners is another thing. Oof, design by committee can kill you. Um, you got a question? Comment? So if you, let's say you publish, but you don't want to go to physical... Sweet. Physical retail. Awesome. Selling on Amazon or something. But you're not, you're not, you don't want to do physical copies. We, 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 want, we have physical copies, but we're not, like, not going into physical retail store. Yeah, cool. Okay, yeah. that's fine. Is it like... What are your avenues? 
is what you're saying? Okay, you can do your own fulfillment. That's fine. If you're if you want to have like if you want to take books to the have people PayPal you money and here's my address, ship it to me. That's fine. I I do that with a lot of our stuff. Um, so we have one minute for me to finish answering this question. Okay, making things. Oh yeah, I'll get to that. Okay. Um, so there's that. You can talk to um, uh, uh, IPR or something if you want someone to carry your physical stock and do fulfillment for you. Um, you could consider a print-on-demand where they, they could just where you could upload your file and they could just order it, print it, and ship it to them and cut out your physical copies. We can talk after. Um, making things. Hand assembly is horrible, True. and um, sometimes we do it. <laughs> you know, sometimes we have a game where, like, okay, I'm sorry, this takes 50 individual cards and you know 30 different types of marker and um, custom pieces. It's it's a lot, and that's a whole other process and it's a lot. On a related note, go buy The King is Dead. It's awesome. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I'll be out there. Thank you, Jason. Yeah, sorry. No, I'm, I'm very grateful. I had very good points. I'm so glad oh, I did what I did. I hadn't realized you were all alone. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh, oh. Uh, where, where, where should I put my position? I do not have a copy of my five books. Good job, all y'all. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. I'll send you a link. Oh, it's expensive. It feels weird. Yeah. Um, the paperwork's as well. Yeah. But you can bring any amount. There is a form that allows you to manually import under $2,500 just bring it across the border. It's a single form. Well, someone told me, are you no, teaching on the public? No, it's not a racer. Sorry, that's a fire brick. Correct. We go see if.